You're listening to Raw and Real, a podcast for everyone dealing with loss. Join your host, Linda Piazza, as she and her guests share their experiences, knowledge, and heart when dealing with the tough topics of loss along life's journey. Our goal, whether you're dealing with a loss of a relationship, loss of health, loss of life, or loss of self, is to invite you to the table for our weekly conversation and provide some comfort in knowing that you're not alone in your grief. Now, here's your host, Linda Piazza. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Raw and Real Podcast. I'm your host, Linda Piazza, and we are going to continue our conversation about the seven stages of grief. And this week, we are talking about pain and guilt. Thanks so much for joining. Last week, we talked about the seven stages of grief, and we're going to be breaking them down so that we can have a better understanding of each stage of grief and we can dig deep into each topic. I was reading the other day and one of the things that kind of popped out at me, I wanted to just read to you quickly because I think that it speaks to everybody who has experienced loss and it says, no, it can't be. It just can't be. Someone I love is gone and my life is shattered into a million pieces. I want everything to be back the way it used to be. God, are you there? Are you listening? I want my loved one back. I'm not ready to let go. How many times through life when you experience a loss, have you felt those words? Have you spoken those words? Have you thought about those words? Have you expressed those words, expressed those feelings. And I think the topic that we're talking about today, which is pain and guilt, fits that extremely well. Because the pain of losing someone is to an ultimate level that can't be explained unless you experience it. So today we're going to dig in a little bit deeper to that kind of come back to a little bit of what we discussed last week, and we'll continue our journey with the seven stages of loss. Okay, first, I want to remind everybody of three things that we talked about briefly last week. And I will remind you every week about these things, because I think it's extremely important as you're going through the process. Everything that you're feeling is normal natural, and necessary. Grief is a necessary process in order for you to be able to move forward with a full, healthy life. So I want you to remember that as you are going through this process in the stages that everybody experiences, again, I want to reiterate that there is no particular order in which we feel these things or we experience these things. They are all different to everybody. And I don't want you to think because I'm taking topics and each week it's a different topic that this is the order that you are supposed to be grieving in because that is incorrect. I am just going through because I have to have something to follow. And I'm just taking them one step at a time, but it doesn't mean they are the steps in a particular order. So please, please, please remember that. So let's talk a little bit about the guilt that is associated around 
a loss, specifically a death. I mean, probably a lot of guilt at some point around the loss due to a divorce because of the relationship. And there's always a lot of back and forth, but specifically in the loss due to a death, there's a lot of guilt sometimes that comes around it. And it's not something that's easily explained. However, it's something I think that many, many people go through and deal with. I know in my case with all of the people that I have lost, most of them died after a brief illness. And so one of the things that we went through or one of the things that I know that I went through is I replayed everything in my head. I replayed every decision. I replayed every doctor's appointment. I replayed every treatment. I replayed every conversation. And I had a whole lot of wondering what I should I could have I done something different than what we did. And when you start asking would have, could have, should have, then along with that comes a whole bunch of questioning, obviously, and some guilt around it because you think maybe you could have done something a little bit different. Maybe you could have encouraged them or talked them into a different treatment, or maybe you could have insisted that they went to a different treatment center or not had that surgery or didn't do that chemo. And when you play all that over and over and over, and you wonder to yourself, if you did everything that you should, or everything you could have, there's some guilt that kind of comes along with it. You also could feel some guilt around it because you may have not said something that you wanted to say. The person you're not sure knew how you felt because you didn't talk about it. There could be guilt because you may have had an argument before the person passed away. There could be something that you're ashamed of the way you handled the loss. And maybe you lashed out at the doctors or the nurses or somebody in your family and you didn't handle it real well. You could even blame yourself again for your loved one's loss because their death, because you didn't do something to prevent it. I know when Diane died and it was a very, very, very short and brief illness, we replayed everything. Every conversation, we recorded conversations with doctors. We played them back. We asked for medical records. I literally read every page of her medical records from every doctor in every center in every hospital that she went to in the five weeks that she was sick. An entire weekend, every page because I was trying to find something in there that would jump out at me and tell me what happened. Because we really still to this day, it's 10 months later, we don't know what happened. And we, I know I, I can't keep sessions that keep saying we, I know I continue to wonder if there was something I could have done that would have saved my sister's life around that question that I ask myself 
there's a little bit of guilt there that says, I don't know that I did everything I could have. I don't think, and I don't know that I did everything that I should have. I know on a level of her medical care, I did the best I could. I didn't leave her side. I fought for her, but did I fight hard enough? Did I make sure they did everything that they could have done to save her? And I struggle with it. My mind tells me, let it go. You did everything you could. There's nothing else you could have done. And my heart just hurts so bad with that because it was out of my control. And the type of person I am is I am a very controlling person. And having something out of my control and not being able to fix it or take care of it or do something to make it better is very, very difficult. And in that difficulty and in all of that replaying, there's a large amount of guilt for whatever reason. I mean, logically, I know I don't have anything to be guilty for, but I still have some of that within this process that I am dealing with. I also have guilt around not talking to her enough. Did I keep the relationship to a level where it was? Did she know how I felt about her? Again, you know, I live 1,600 miles away. I have four kids that are all grown. She had her son. She had her business. I had my business. Did we talk as often as we should have? Nope. Could I have made more of an effort to talk to her on a more regular basis or an extra phone call a month to have her know what my thoughts and my feelings were towards her. Absolutely. So around that is a lot of guilt because we get busy and we've talked about this before. We get so busy in our lives that we forget the people we care about and we get too busy to pick up the phone because we're exhausted. It's been a long day. We don't know that we want to have a conversation. We've talked to people all day with work. So you say, okay, I'm going to make that phone call tomorrow. Whatever it is, we all experience that, especially in today's time. There were many times that I called her and she was at the flower shop and she couldn't talk because she had customers. She would call me and I would be out showing houses and I couldn't talk and I would try to call her back. We would play phone tag many times. And there were times that I would go a month or two without talking to her. Now she's not here at 58 years old. And I can tell you there's a ton of guilt around that. There's a struggle around that because I feel like the time that I had with her, I took for granted and I could have done a better job at being a better sister to her. 
Now, logically, I think it's a two-way street, and she could have called me as much as I could have called her. Again, she was busy. I was busy. At the end of the day, it didn't change our relationship. It didn't change the way I felt about her. It didn't change the closeness, and it didn't change anything about who we were or our relationship with each other. What the reality of it is, is that, like I said before, I did that podcast on Craving the Conversations. And I got to tell you guys, I think that that was, that's probably one of the most important podcasts that I've done. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Because in my experience, one of the things that is the hardest for me and I think a lot of people deal with the same thing is craving that conversation, wishing you can pick up the phone, hear that person's voice and talk to them one more time. So after you lose somebody, you realize that you took for granted that relationship and you could have done better. We all could do better. I don't care who you are and I don't care how close you are to people and I don't care how often you talk to people there's always we can always do better so let's not wait for somebody to pass away to let them know how you feel to make them a part of your daily life whether they live next door to you or they live 1600 miles away from you let's start doing a better job so that when and if something happens on either side yours or theirs you don't have that guilt about the phone call you didn't make that you wish you did. I had a really good conversation with my sister before I flew out to New York to be with her when she went into the hospital. And I cling to that conversation. It was a great conversation. We were on the phone for probably two hours. I was in California and I was at my friend's daughter's wedding and we had some downtime. So I went to the botanical gardens and when I was there, of course, it's botanical gardens and everything was absolutely stunning and beautiful. And the first thing I thought about was Diane because that's her business is a garden center, a flower shop. And so I picked up the phone and called her. And as I was at the botanical gardens there, the entire time I was there, I was on the phone with her, telling her about the flowers, telling her how gorgeous it was, talking about life, talking about her sickness, talking about the family. We just had a really great conversation. I will forever be grateful for that conversation. So that helps me a lot with whatever guilt that I feel around her loss, my mom's, my dad's, Nina's, Ada's, whoever's. And my goodness gracious, with Nina, <laughs> I was with her every step of the way. But there were still things that came back after she passed away that was would have, could have, should have. 
Should she have had surgery? Should we have done it this way? Maybe we could have done something different. And there is guilt that comes along with that. And guilt may be not a great word and maybe it's not the right word. It's the only word that I can come up with that can get a broad spectrum of an understanding of what somebody goes through after somebody dies with their relationship. If somebody is sick through the relationship, a lot of times people will pass away and there isn't a sickness and it's sudden and they don't have that question of wonder if there was something else I could have done. Now, when suicide comes into play, that is huge, huge because people always are who are close to the person who committed suicide, they always have a ton of guilt around it because they think that there was something that they could have done. They think that there was something that they could have said. They think they should have noticed something and they feel guilt around that because they weren't there and couldn't help that person. If you have lost someone to suicide, Please listen, there isn't anything you could have done to prevent it. There isn't anything you could have said that would have changed it. The mental state of your loved one at the time that they took their life was one that they couldn't come back from. In order for somebody to take their life, they have to be in such a deep, dark place that no one could even begin to understand. And when somebody goes down that road, there's nothing you can do or say that's going to bring them back. They're already in that place. They may not kill themselves that day because you might have been able to prevent them from killing themselves that day, but three days from then, they're going to do it. If somebody does not want to live anymore and they are suicidal, at some point they will succeed no matter what you do. So if you are listening to this and somebody you know killed themselves, let go of your guilt because it is not your fault. Along with all of the guilt that somebody feels and plays within the loss of a person, there's lots of scenarios. There's lots of different things. Somebody could be at home and there's an argument that takes place between the husband, wife, mother, son, daughter, sister, brother, whatever, whatever the relationship is. Sometimes people walk out the door, there's an argument, they leave, they leave angry, they get into an accident and they die. Wow. Ton of guilt around that because of the last words that they said to somebody. Because the last thing and the last emotion that they felt was anger and they said some not so nice things. And then on the other side, the person who left and got into an argument with with you, they also said some not so nice things to you that you have to live with. And that's hard. That's really hard. You will replay that 
more than you will replay the good stuff about your relationship and the laughs that you had and the fun that you had. And you'll replay that for a long time till you work through this process. Once you work through this process, you will be able to come out on the other side and remember the good stuff. And you will be able to work through the guilt that you have for that last conversation that you had. And remember, the conversation was two-sided. So it doesn't matter who started the argument. It doesn't matter who ended the argument. There was an argument that took place in some cases. And it didn't work out well. It's still not your fault. There is times that somebody leaves the house and you forgot to say I love you. Or there wasn't really anything said and there wasn't an argument and and there's a car accident. It was like my friend Lori, when she passed away and got killed instantly in that car accident, first thing I thought of is, oh my gosh, I haven't talked to Lori in a few weeks. Ton of guilt around that. I should have been better. I should have called her. I should have seen her more often because now I can't. So... Are you following me? Are you relating? Are you able to understand and say, wow, I feel that way? One of the things that is extremely important is for you to admit what you're feeling. Once you admit with your, what you're feeling, you're able to work through it and go to the next place. Whether this is the last stage of your grief or it's the first stage of your grief, you have to admit it and work through it to be able to recover and live a full life. Now we're going to switch gears a little bit and we're going to talk about the pain of grief. And it's really probably not something that needs a whole lot of conversation or explanation because it's an emotion, it's a feeling, and it is something that is obvious and everybody experiences it and feels it. And it's, it's difficult. It hurts. It physically hurts. You can feel the heaviness in your chest. You can feel the lump in your throat. You can feel your body is just kind of in a different place. And it invades the the sadness and the pain just invade you completely and sometimes you wonder if there's any way that you can get through this because you just feel like it's hopeless you feel like you're never going to find any joy writing out these painful feelings is about the most important thing that you can do you have to feel losing a loved one stirs up many deep emotions, some that you've never experienced before. And it's kind of hard to really explain the emotion unless you can feel the emotion. And pain is felt in many different ways. There's physical pain, there's emotional pain. Obviously, when you're dealing with a death, you feel the emotional pain, which is something that really literally takes over your mind, your body, and your soul. And it's okay 
it's normal and you need to work through it. I remember somebody telling me because the sadness and the pain just was overwhelming and I wore it. You can see it in my posture, in my face, in my voice. You can just see the pain. I've had several people tell me, you need medication. You need to get past this. You are too depressed. And I responded in a way that I only knew how. And that was to tell them, I don't need medication. I don't have anything chemically wrong with me. My mom just died. My dad just died. My sister just died. My best friend just died. I'm feeling normal feelings and I'm not going to take medication to mask it because it's only going to come back when it's over taking medication and I'm not working through it if I medicate myself. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with medication, but to say to someone, you need medication to get through your grief is very, very insulting to me. And it is very, I think it's rude. I can't think of another word. I just think it's rude. And it's an uncomfortable place for that person that suggested it. And they don't like to be around you because it's not comfortable. Well, that's their stuff. It's not yours. So don't ever let anybody tell you that you have to mask your pain or that you need to get over it or you need something to medicate you so that you can feel better because you have got to go through the pain. You've got to go through the loss. You've got to work through it in order to be whole and better. You will always have pain around somebody's death. Always. It won't be every single day of your life when a birthday comes up or an anniversary comes up or a holiday comes up or a song that comes on the radio. You will immediately go to a place sometimes of pain, sometimes of sadness, and it's fleeting and it's okay. And just go with it and it'll leave. But in the beginning, the pain takes over. And the pain is normal. And you have to experience it, feel it, and work through it in order to get through your grieving process. We will, after the seven stages are discussed of grief, we will talk about some things that you can do that will help you through the process and help you get yourself back to a good place to where you can laugh and smile again. Because I am here to tell you, you will laugh, you will smile, you will live your life, you will appreciate, you will tell stories about the person that you lost, you will laugh at those stories. In the beginning, somebody mentions their name, you might start crying. I know I have. I just went through some boxes the other day of course, we're still sitting here in the middle of COVID-19, nearing the end of it. 
but I was in my closet going through some boxes, looking at some pictures. And I found some pictures of my sister with my kids. I found some letters from my dad. I didn't realize how often my dad wrote letters to me. I find letters from my dad all the time. And I looked at them and I read them and I laughed and I cried. And guess what? It's okay. And it's normal. Your pain is normal. Your guilt is normal. Your shock is normal. Your disbelief is normal. Those are all normal emotions, feelings, and things you will experience in loss of a loved one. So don't let anybody make you feel anything less than what you are. Socially, you've lost a significant relationship and that loss will affect how you view yourself and relate to other people. And you may feel you no longer fit in with your friends because they don't understand you. They don't want to be around somebody who's sad and in pain because it's not comfortable. Spiritually, you may be mad at God. And that's normal too. I know I was. I didn't understand. I never lost my faith, but I was mad. And I had lots of really strong conversations with him because I didn't understand why he continued to take these people from me. Again, it's normal and I work through it and you will work through it. Physically, the grief gets, like I said, physical. You might lose weight. You might gain weight. I didn't sleep and, and sometimes I still don't sleep well. And it's hard. It's hard. Sometimes you're going to stay awake all night. Sometimes all you're going to want to do is sleep. It just doesn't, one size does not fit all guys. So some people lose weight. Some people will gain weight. Some people will sleep all the time. Some people won't be able to sleep. Some people have shortness of breath because they're having an anxiety or a panic attack over what has happened, tightness in your chest, headaches. There is physical pain that comes along with your grief. The physical ache, like I told you in the beginning of this, you will experience the heaviness, the lump in the throat. This is all normal. You don't want to stay there. You want to work through it. But it is all normal. It's all signs of pain. It's all signs of loss of the person that you love. Mentally, there's a lot of emotional pain that goes on because you play a whole bunch of stuff in your head. You forget things. Oh, my goodness. I forget things like all of the time. But the pain takes over and it overwhelms you. And it's okay And it's normal. And I'm probably going to tell you this more times than you want to hear. It's okay and it's normal. Grieving people often are more accident prone. They are more likely to forget things. They're more likely to want to be alone. They might shut you out because They're in so much pain. They're in a dark place. All I can tell you is I have two friends when my mom died. 
Shelly and Mariah. And in the beginning, after my mom died, I definitely arm's length. And Mariah and and Shelly both gave me my space for a little while. And then one day, separately, they both came banging on my door and told me <laughs> they're going to stay out there till I open it. They both brought food. They both, both sat with me. <laughs> Poor Shelly. She sat with me in the dark for hours upon hours upon hours. And sometimes we didn't say a word. And then all the time she sat there and she cried with me. Mariah, Maria was the same thing. She filled my freezer with food. They knew me well enough to know what I needed. And they also knew me well enough to know when it was okay to push. And I am forever grateful for them because they knew me and they knew what I needed. And they helped get me through the loss of my mom. And that was probably one of the darkest times of my life. So if you are somebody who is a friend of someone who has lost a significant person in their life and you're listening to this, if you know that person well enough, know when to push and when to hold back. Don't go away. Text, call, and don't get pissed if they don't answer. Don't get upset. If they are distant, it's normal. But if you know them well enough, you will know when it's okay to push. All I can say is just be there for them. Be there for them. If you're close enough, you will know. And if you are the person who is going through this, if you're feeling overwhelmed, unable to cope, ask for help. Ask for help because it's okay. Go to that person who you feel safe with. Let them know what you need. And if somebody's reaching out to you, don't always push them away. They may not know your pain. They may not even understand your pain, but they care and they're there if for nothing else but to listen. And if you are the person on the other side with the shoulder and the ear, thank you for being there for the people in your life that you care about that are going through a difficult time. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Raw and Real podcast. This is a very, very, very important segment. And the series that we're going to be doing is extremely important. If you are experiencing loss or you know somebody who is experiencing loss, please share these podcasts with them. I'm talking to y'all from my heart. I am talking to you all from experience because I have been there, I am still there. I am still grieving the loss of my sister and I'm going through all of these things that I am talking to you all about. So this isn't me reading to you from a book. This is me getting something off of the internet. This is me talking to you from my experiences and my heart and letting you know, one, you are not alone. Two, you have got to go through the process. It's normal. 
it's necessary. And I just want to make sure that you understand that in order for you to get through this, you have to feel it and experience it and work it first. If you know anybody who can benefit from this podcast or any of the other podcasts that I put out, please feel free to share. If you want a safe place for you to come and to talk about the things that you're experiencing, go to my Facebook page, Raw and Real Podcast with Linda Piazza and join. I would love to have you. If you need anything in the meantime, please reach out. You know how to get me. Thanks so much for joining and we'll talk to y'all next week. Next week's topic is going to be anger. That's what we're going to be talking about next week. Hope you all join me. Thanks and have a great week. Thanks for joining us this week for another episode of Raw and Real. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app so you get notification of all new episodes. 